Welcome everybody to Fine Margins. This is the soccer content division of the Hammer Betting Network. And throughout the World Cup, our content is powered and presented by the Betfred Sportsbook. Make sure you are signed up to the Betfred Sportsbook for all of your sports betting needs throughout the World Cup and beyond. Throughout the show, we're looking at Betfred odds to find the best bets for you guys to make and for ourselves to make as we get into now the World Cup quarterfinals. The round of 16 is in the books too entertaining fixtures today for very different reasons myself and Alex were very high on Morocco as with Adrian and uh, we're all pretty happy about that one a little bit I mean I'm more surprised by how well Portugal played compared to Morocco actually taking down Spain but we'll cover both of those games and because we have a couple of days off first time in the World Cup that we have some time off we actually are going to just briefly go through all four of the quarterfinals to get you guys ready so for starters Alex, I'll go to you first because you've been very high on Morocco all throughout the tournament, including pre-tournament. On their way to the quarterfinals, what did you make of their performance today? I mean, yeah, kind of how we drew it up, right? We talked about, you know, Spain not having a a target man up top sort of being an issue for them. And, you know, Morata, for all the shortcomings he has, they did look more dangerous after he came on, I thought. Um, But overall, they kind of lacked any real, you know, bravery or initiative going forward. Not enough movement off the ball, especially not in and around the penalty area. Uh, no one trying to play that decisive pass. They had some opportunities to sort of counter when Morocco did get forward, and they were just so content on slowing things right back down, getting back into their shape, passing it around the perimeter. Um, so, you know, I mean, Morendo, uh, Morocco have defended admirably all tournament, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Spain sort of just made it easy on them, you know? Um that Moroccan intensity, you know, in defense was really good. And Saïs and Aguirre have looked great together. Amrabat was everywhere today. He was all over the pitch. So he had an incredible today. game. His motor was still going in like the 118th minute. I couldn't believe it. Um, and, you know, some bad Spain penalties. Third major tournament in a row that they've been out on penalties now. And uh, kudos to Morocco. The Moroccan fans, um, they were awesome. It's really, it's awesome to see them go through. Hopefully, I'm just a little bit worried that, how much left they have left in the tank right now to go take on Portugal. Um, that's my one concern because, you know, a fresh Morocco team against Portugal, I think would be a really good game. We saw Greg get hurt. You know, we saw some guys just really running on fumes towards the end. Saiz so, hurt as yeah, well. Yeah, Saiz hurt as well. At least he was able to continue. But, I mean, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be tough. We'll, we'll find out a lot about how much they have left. So definitely looked better with Williams on the right, a lot more direct and with an actual striker in Marata up top. Uh, this reminds reminded me a little bit of the game against Russia in the round of 16 at the previous World Cup where that that Spanish team had absolutely no direction going forward. This one looked a lot better than that one, I think. Like the round of 16 four years ago, they were just happy to have all the possession at half but do nothing with it. I actually, you know, we all had Morocco tickets. So, you know, credit to Morocco. They defended like absolute heroes. Their fans were unbelievable. The atmosphere in there must have been absolutely electric. I thought, to be honest, Morocco were pretty lucky to get the draw there. Adrian, how did you see this one play out? Um, suicide by a thousand passes. <laughs> yes, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd think Spain would learn at some point that uh, passing the ball around is just not the way to, to win these tournaments, but uh, they continue to stick with it, and uh, I, don't, I don't see a bright future for that coach. They are just too patient. They need to be more direct, and uh, they haven't been, and it cost them again. So it was very much the case in 2018. It's a little bit of a repeat here. They do get to penalties where they they, they didn't score against Morocco all game. And you know what? That didn't change in the shootout. They weren't even able to score in the penalty shootout there. Uh, we spoke about how it's 
penalties are a big deal here. And if you aren't working on them, then that's going to cost you in a potential game like this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like, listen, I don't know if Spain were working on them. They brought on Sarabia to take one and hit the post. I don't know if he's been working on them, whatever. But like gen- genuinely, if there is a team focused and diligent, like pre pre-game on like where their players are going to be taking their penalties, that is going to give them a significant edge going into games. Because if they do get the penalties, like we've seen some really bad ones here. And I can, and again, I can't speak to like the nerves you would feel. I would, I have no idea. I cannot even imagine a world cup setting where you're taking a penalty, how nervous you'd be there. But even still, I mean, to not score a single one is a uh, pretty laughable. And bringing, there. and bringing Sarabia off the bench in the 118th minute to take the penalty. I'm yeah. not a fan of that. You, you see guys come in late in these games and they're just, their intensity level I, isn't I, there. And it's, they, it never seems to go well in the shootout for these guys. I, I believe the Moroccan player who, got stubbed in to take one, was the only player who missed from Morocco yes, as well. So yeah. uh, this has been a hot topic since the Euros where England subbed in Rashford and Sancho to take penalties. They both missed. England obviously lose that shootout in the final to Italy. Um, so a, a, lot of made, a lot has been made of that. I would say like if, a, if you're going to bring on a guy strictly for penalties, he's got to get like 10 full minutes before... He or he's got to be a he's got to be a keeper like Van Hal bringing on Tim Krul, oh yeah uh, in place of Silicon and play, uh, play the mind games yeah play yeah. the mind games over there uh, an interesting way to look at it but Morocco are through um, I had the plus one Alex had the plus one I also know that he had Morocco to advance Adrian you spoke about Morocco to advance yesterday is that one you did end up playing I got uh, plus two ninety five on that uh, this morning and I kind of chickened out and uh, bought back half uh, on Spain uh, just before the shootout. <laughs> well, I chickened out paying off, but uh, not as much as it should have. I chickened out a little bit this morning. I did have plus one earlier in the week, and uh, I did like that price on Morocco to advance. But I was speaking to Alex earlier today about this. I didn't want to have Morocco plus one to cash and then them not to advance, which would ruin the good handicap we had on the game by them losing on penalties or something. So I said, like, okay, if they advance, then I'm also going to win the plus one. So I'll just take the win there. But is what it is. At least we get some winners there. Uh, we'll move on to Morocco's opponents here in Portugal. And uh, I had a good handicap on the first game. I had a very bad handicap on the second game. Portugal absolutely trounced Switzerland today. 6-1. Headlines made about an hour and a half before the match. As it was revealed, Portugal were not going to be starting Cristiano Ronaldo. And if you guys remember, pre-tournament, me and Alex previewed every group. And we said... Portugal, probably a better team if they don't start Ronaldo. We had Paul come on the show a, a week ago now who said Portugal, probably a better team if they don't start Ronaldo here. Well, if one game is a showcase, Portugal, I'll start here, looks stunning. They moved the ball really well. It gave Joao Felix a, a lot more of a free role and a central role at that to help create for this team. They had a striker, a lot more willing to get involved in the buildup play. And when the chances came his way, Gonzalo Ramos, a hat-trick here, the first hat-trick at the World Cup thus far. He was excellent all over the field, I thought. I mean, obviously the goals, the first and third, extraordinarily well taken, even the second one. But Alex, I, I'm, I know it's just one game here, but uh, we were pretty confident in that handicap pre, pre-tournament. We got a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of backlash for it, but ultimately played out as maybe you thought, I mean, maybe not quite this good, but what were your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, you, you basically said it like it changes their whole approach when he's not in there. He commands so much of the ball. Um, I feel like his teammates feel the need to sort of play through him, provide him that service. And it just completely changes their approach when he's not in there. 
they're able to be a lot more free flowing, a lot better movement off the ball. Um, you know, they're sort of able to interchange those two strikers in their positions and, you know, make those forward runs for the midfielders. Everything just completely changes in that approach. And uh, I mean, I can see Fernando Santos, you know, going back to Ronaldo now in the uh, quarterfinals. I, I feel like almost that's more likely than not, despite how this went. What I'm very curious about, I didn't look at this, so I don't have an answer for this question. I'm very curious if you could even bet Ramos to, to win the Golden Boot uh, before this game. I don't know if he was available in any markets or what the prices would have been, but if he does continue to play, there's a very realistic shot when you consider their path to the finals. You know, they, they have a very realistic path to the final right now. Yeah, I was on Switzerland plus half today. That did not win. <laughs> Portugal blew that one out of the water here. Uh, Adrian, we didn't have any of your thoughts on this Portugal team pre-tournament. I, I, we talked before, you're wearing your uh, former men's league jersey to honor the 6-1 victory today. But um, overall thoughts... Sorry? It's a punishment. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> overall thoughts on the decision to drop Cristiano Ronaldo. And, and actually, I think a big one is Joao Cancelo. And Dallo looked really good in his absence. But overall thoughts on this Portuguese team without Ronaldo and what they have going forward. I think uh, Fernando Santos finally made this team his own by uh, benching Ronaldo today and just going against the critics and uh, making a decision for the good of the team. Everybody was was free to express themselves on the field. Uh, the ball movement was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, Ronaldo wasn't on Pierce Morgan crying. He was on the sidelines cheering uh, his teammates on, celebrating on the goals. So that was, that was the right attitude from him as well. I will so give I him... I think it's, it's a win for Portugal for this game and going forward uh, for the rest of the tournament because... Uh, he can look like a genius bringing him back on or keeping him on the bench. It, does, it doesn't matter what he does going forward. He's, uh, he's already you know, uh, ahead of the game right now. Um, what, what can you say about the Gonzalo Ramos? He, uh, he was 150 to 1 before today, and he just cut down to 25 to 1 for a golden boot. Wow. So right. um, I wonder if anybody hit that when they realized he was in the starting 11 today. Uh, I personally felt like the, the Switzerland defense is going to give – Portugal problems they had such a good defensive record uh, in the qualifiers leading up to this tournament big reason why they are even involved within the tournament today uh, they looked anything but the this Portugal team if they like I, I'm not I have never been convinced that this Portugal team was capable of winning the World Cup they looked like a World Cup winning caliber team today I don't know if you guys agree we'll go back to both of you but like this this is definitely a team that is now contending for that trophy if they look anything like this because that is that is a good switzerland team that's probably a better team than they faced in the group stages so the fact that they just picked them apart like that for 90 minutes was very very impressive to me and uh speaking more to morocco as good as morocco have been even without the factors in playing like a heroic 120 minutes here Portugal look extremely good and I actually we have I do have the odd screen open up right now I'll, I'll just show it to you guys you guys didn't see it happen but as I was saying that Portugal have dropped from minus 145 to minus 164 in this game on Betfred so maybe some people are seeing the same things that I do Alex what do you think yeah, I mean, I uh, I had Portugal going to the final against Brazil before the tournament and then after the group stage I completely reneged on that uh, I thought that maybe this wasn't their tournament and all of a sudden Fernando Santos decides to put his stamp on it. And uh, now I'm, I'm kind of regretting that, but uh, I think they definitely have the quality to win this tournament. They have, I mean, they're just, they're so deep all throughout, you know, from top to bottom of this team. Um, 
the guys, the quality, the world-class sort of players they can bring off the bench, you know, uh, it's just, I mean, they're playing so well right now. I still do worry a little bit about them defensively. I think they can be vulnerable. I think they can be had. Whether Morocco or the team that can take advantage of that, I'm not sure. But, I mean, either way, they're going to, you know, face a very tough uh, France or England attacks in the semifinal. And then, obviously, something like a Brazil or Netherlands or Argentina in the final. So, it's obviously, you know, not not very straightforward for them still. It's about to get a lot harder. But, yeah, I mean, defensive, you know, vulnerabilities aside, this is definitely a team that you could see, you know, going all the way. And pre-tournament, Adrian, uh, what were your thoughts on Portugal? And did this match change any of those thoughts? Uh, to be uh, completely honest, I thought they wouldn't make it out of the group. I had uh, <laughs> Uruguay and South Korea making it out of that group. But, so you were uh, down on them. <laughs> I was. Uh, and, I mean, uh, recency bias uh, after today's game. Uh, yeah, I mean, they should win the next game. And uh, getting to the semis, you know, anybody's game. They've looked good. Uh, even Pepe, I mean, he scored a header. Oh. And uh, he was... He was a presence out there. He was he was leading by example, and uh, the uh, the influence of the wingbacks, especially Guerrero on the left side, not just the goal, but his presence coming up the wing and uh, cre- creating space and uh, taking on opponents. That was uh, that was quite impressive today. So obviously Ronaldo made the headlines here, but Joao Cancelo getting dropped as well was a big deal in my opinion. Uh, I think he's the best fullback in the world, and I I may be a Manchester United fan, but I didn't really understand the decision to start Dallo. Dallo looked really good today, and I can see. Uh, Santos continuing to go with him, but that remains to be seen. Four games that we want to preview for you guys as we get ready to start with our quarterfinal betting insight and predictions. Remember, guys, you are watching this show on the Fine Margins YouTube channel. Make sure you are subscribed over there. If you're watching live right now or watching after the fact, make sure you have dropped a like over there. You could be watching on Twitter as well, at Fine Margins with two S's on Twitter. Make sure you're following us there for all the updates on the show and like the stream and maybe consider sharing to expose other viewers. You can also catch this show in podcast form wherever you like to get your podcast platforms. Essentially, as soon as I can get this uploaded after we finish the live streams. But with that, make sure... um, you're staying to with the show as the next one will be on Friday. But let's go into our predictions for the next round here. I'll pull up the Betfred odds screen for all four of the matches. We will go in order to make it a little bit easier. I was going to say where the odds go, but first one is Croatia-Brazil. Brazil showing some strong odds. We'll start with Friday here. Then we have a bigger game, a rematch of the 2014 semifinal between Netherlands and Argentina, where Argentina is showing a plus 120. Uh, let's start with Alex. This one will go to Croatia, Brazil, first of all. Uh, the prices overall, is this how you kind of saw it playing out and predictions for how you think this game is going to go? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not super interested in the side here, just given the current price and stuff. But I think maybe this is an under two and a half game for me. Um, talked about Croatia's professionalism. You know, we've, we've talked about that a, a bunch now in the last few days. Uh, it's a tournament-hardened team. You know, they're going to make Brazil work a lot harder to play on the ball. Um, it's going to be much harder to break them down. At the same time, you know, I don't think the Croatia's front three will ask too much of the Brazil defense. They don't pose enough of a threat going forward. So Croatia will come into it, you know, I think just attempt to make it as scrappy as possible. Um, it's going to probably resemble a lot closer to what we saw from that uh, Brazil-Swiss game than what we saw from Brazil-South Korea. You know, uh, Croatia have more desire to play on the ball as well. So, you know, I think that um, they're going to, you know, be able to sort of keep away a little bit more, not just, you know, absorb pressure for 90 minutes. Uh, and I mean, they're disciplined enough to not pull themselves out of shape at the same time and afford those spaces on the break. So I think it'll be, you know, a tense game. Um, chances will be a bit scarce and Brazil ultimately take one or two of them and come away with a one or two nothing win. 
I struggle to really get any sort of handicap for this game. Adrian, do you have any thoughts? So my opener is Brazil minus 240, and that's about where it opened. Um, I agree that uh, Croatia is going to give them a game. So in, in the end, Brazil should should pull through. So I'm looking at the first half and maybe taking Croatia plus a half there. Uh, that might be a good way to, to approach it where um, Brazil will be patient. But once they get going, they might be rampant. So I don't want to take a chance on the plus, uh, plus one and a quarter, plus one and a half. Because uh, it could end up a blowout, especially if you know you get a goalie uh, pushing up late or things of that nature. So the, so, the shorter span, the better, uh, the better variance, I think. Yeah. So you Croatia double uh, plus half is essentially double chance here. Uh, you can get Croatia at Bedford minus twenty one, minus one twenty one. Excuse me, over there. I, I kind of like the approach of going for the first half market here because Brazil were comfortable in that South Korea game. They got a bunch of subs in. They're going to be very well rested for the next game, whereas Croatia. Had a 120-minute slogfest against Japan. So not as fresh going into this one. Brazil, all tournament, have been able to rest their players. So I think that gives them an edge here. I, I struggle to really make any sense of this. This one is probably going to be one where I stay away from more so. Uh, we want to remind you guys, again, if you're watching on Twitter, get involved on YouTube. Come to the YouTube channel, subscribe, and get involved with the comments. We like to interact with comments all throughout the show. So if you have any thoughts on the games or from what we saw today, make sure you come and let us know and we can answer any questions. But let's move now into the second game on that day. And uh, this is a big one on the side of Alex. He's a big, uh, big Dutch supporter. They're playing against Argentina. So, Alex, are you fearful of this Argentina team? And uh, how do you think Louis van Gaal can set his team up for success against Messi and co? I mean, it's going to be a, a fascinating game. We have the... It's, a, it's one of those strange rivalries that sort of developed lately. Um, you Not only do you have the rematch of uh, the 2014 semifinal where, you know, Van Gaal was coaching Netherlands there as well and they lost some penalties. Um, he said they have unfinished business. I think obviously that's very much uh, how the whole team will feel. Um, and, you know, you also have the added layer of uh, Di Maria probably coming back into the team. You know, Di Maria was not the most fond of Van Gaal uh, during their time together at Manchester no. United. I think his quote was something along the line of, you know, he would score a goal and get an assist. And then the next day, uh, Van Hal would bring him in and show him, you know, all his misplaced passes or something like that. So, yeah, it's become sort of a fun rivalry. Um, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, Van Hal has had a very excellent World Cup so far. He used the group stage almost as like a, a training ground for them where they could sort of, you know, practice their shape and practice that a patient approach and, you know, defending as a unit and sort of taking their chances going forward, um, you know, being patient until those opportunities come and then sort of being clinical on the break. So I think it was, you know, people were criti critical of them for a boring group stage. Um, but ultimately, I think that this is what they've been preparing for all along for a game like this against an Argentina or against a Brazil. So I think they're going to have a very similar approach here. Um, I mean, I think they have a very real shot to win this game. Uh, it's it's going to be tense. You know, Argentina have been a bit vulnerable at times. You know, when teams show that ambition to go forward, we saw when Australia really needed to start pressing and start getting forward, they were able to find those spaces and find some cracks in the uh, Argentine armor. So I think that, you know, there will be opportunities there. It's whether, you know, Depay, Gakpo and them can be clinical again. But, uh, you know, Netherlands have defended pretty strongly as a unit. And I think that um, this is a very tense game. I can easily see like a 1-1 here, you know, an extra time. Um, I think that I I'm curious to see where this line goes. But I think that, uh, you know, Netherlands to advance um, at, uh, at a decent price, if we can get something like, you know, even closer to plus 150, it's plus 140 now. I think that that will be a, a route maybe I look to take here. So interesting there. I think 
I think this is a bit of a low score, going to be a low scoring game. The over under on this one is heavily, heavily juiced to the under two and a half. This is just like an Argentina team that is not going to leak the same chances that the U.S. did. I think they'd make a mistake if they didn't start Lissandro Martinez in this one. But uh, Adrian, do you see any way to approach this from a betting perspective? And what were your thoughts on Argentina and their chances here? So Messi's been having an awesome tournament, but uh, they haven't played anybody yet. With all due respect to Mexico, uh, this is the first test for Argentina. And I haven't really liked what I've seen so far from them. They do okay generating chances, but they also leak a lot of opportunities. They really shouldn't have uh, kept Australia in that game. And uh, I think the Dutch are the kind of team that can can give them problems. I'm looking at this on a similar uh, setup to the 98 semifinal. Uh, when uh, the Dutch kind of hit them on the counter and, and won it late. It's it's a game where Argentina is going to have a lot of position. The Dutch will be able to soak up pressure. But the transition game of the Dutch and their width is something that's going to pose problems to, to Argentina. And um, I, I see the Dutch winning this game. I'm not sure if it's going to be regulation or any ugly form. They might uh, they might choose to, to, to get through, but uh, I, I think the Dutch will, uh, will prevail here. So... Other than Messi, I think there's been some issues with this team in the last game against Australia. Messi was outstanding, created a lot of opportunities for his teammates. Some, like Lotero Martinez, didn't take a lot of those chances here. I, I've, I'm very familiar with Louis van Gaal for his time at United. This, I, I think we're going to see, so there was a pretty famous game where United played against Chelsea at Old Trafford. Forget the exact year. And United won that game. Ander Herrera scored. But Ander Herrera, his role the entire game was Eden Hazard's shadow. If Hazard took a step to the left, Herrera would follow him. If he took a step to the right, Herrera would follow him all over the pitch. And I can see Messi getting some sort of similar treatment here. I don't know if there's a specific player who is right for that task here. But Darun. Darun is, is, is perfect for I, that. He's a, he's, he's a menace. That's what I was... I was getting. I was, that's the play I would say is the most likely to do that. But I can absolutely see here. Do you, do you guys know the game I'm referencing there, at all? I think so vaguely. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, like literally, there's like there's clips of off ball Hazard just casually walking Herrera right behind him the entire game. I can see Darun doing that to Messi. Messi. I mean, he might still be good enough to get around that, but I see this being a very frustrating game for Argentina. But I don't know if. if I can necessarily trust the Netherlands all the way here. The two advanced market right now at Betfred is minus 175 for Argentina, plus 140 for Netherlands. I feel like that's a little bit too much juice for Argentina. I, I can see myself getting in play for Netherlands to advance just like you guys. So let's move in now to the next day of fixtures here. And the first game up is, I would say, the biggest game of the quarter in the quarterfinal slate. You could argue it's Netherlands-Argentina. Actually, the first game is the Portugal game. Excuse me. I got my schedule mixed up. So uh, first game is Portugal against Morocco. Then we'll go into England-France here. Portugal, obviously, scintillating in that game against Switzerland. Morocco, heroic performance against Spain. But Portugal, back down to minus 150 at this point. Let's start with Adrian here in the Portugal jersey. Uh, How do you feel you're going to approach this one from a handicap perspective? I think I'm going to be a Portugal. Uh, Morocco is just out of gas. They've, uh, They've done more than was expected of them. They're happy to be there. Um, they will still play hard. They're a team that is hard to break. But I think uh, Portugal has the different dimensions to to get behind that uh, double block, 1-4-1-4. Uh, one four, one four. And um, 
the, the number of fouls that uh, Morocco gives up will create a lot of uh, set play opportunities for uh, for Portugal, and that is something that they can uh, they can build on and uh, and generate uh, scoring from. I'm sorry to say to Alex, he's got his ticket on Morocco to make the semis. They're one game away, but uh, if Portugal look anything like they did today, I think they are going to win that one comfortably. I am going to be playing Portugal to win in the first 90, currently minus 150 at Betfred. We'll see if that number continues to move. Alex, you've got the money riding on Morocco in the semis, as I said. Any more money going on this game, maybe a little bit of a hedge or going even further on Morocco here? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to be going further on Morocco for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I completely agree with Adrian. I think they're just sort of out of gas. Um, I, I would like to see, you know, before I really eager to get involved here, um, I would like to see the lineups for both teams, you know, see if Aguero's fit. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we're going to probably see Aguero and Saiz in there. How much do they actually have left in the tank? It's really hard to say. Does Ronaldo get back into the game? I'm not sure. Uh and, you know, I mean, maybe it actually does make sense for him to play here. Just, you know, like Adrian said, the threat from set pieces, you know, maybe you do want him up top for that. Uh, I, yeah, I just ultimately I think that Morocco have have done very well here. And, you know, they've had a really good tournament. Maybe if it wasn't such a compacted tournament like we're seeing here, there was a bit more, you know, time between games. I, I could see potentially getting on Morocco involved in some way if more money was to pour in on Portugal. But at this at this price, there's I just don't see any way I'd end up on Morocco. I think that's a fair assessment. They look, they're a bit of a Cinderella story getting this far, the furthest they've ever gone uh, in their history at a World Cup. So full credit to them. I can't see them winning it. I'm not putting it past them by any stretch here, but I think Portugal uh, should win this one in 90 and advance onwards to the semifinal, where either of these teams will be meeting, again, what I think is the biggest quarterfinal matchup here, England against France. All due respect to Netherlands, Argentina. Uh, very excited for this one. I am British or I am English, so I might be uh, a slightly biased here. But France, our favorite here, plus 140. Uh, if you asked me before the lines came out, I would have made France about plus 140 here. So I think this is here with general accuracy. This is this is going to be a very difficult game for England. I don't think France are, are thinking this one's going to be all too easy. But Adrian, any sort of thoughts going into this? I think I'm going to watch this and not bet on it. Just enjoy it. <laughs> I know it's not the topic of the show, but uh, hey, it, it's no one of those problem. games where you just uh, you just kind of sit back and enjoy the uh, the quality of, uh, of Mbappe going against the uh, the backline and Maguire, who's who's been better than most people expected for the tournament. And uh, going the other way, England's got so many weapons uh, out wide through the middle. Um, you know, even even the guys uh, that pop into the lineup, they contribute. So it's it's going to be an awesome game. And uh, I just hope it's not going to be a disappointing 0-0 draw anything else. Uh, I'll take it. Two pretty conflicting tactical styles, I would say. And I think the best thing about the World Cup is just seeing how different countries operate tactically and using those against each other to try to pick out weaknesses. I think this is going to be World Cup at its best. Right now, the over-under, two and a half, it's slightly juiced towards the under. So more of a favor towards uh, less goals here, but I could see this being nil-nil. I could see this being a more high-scoring affair. I, I can't. I can see a reality where France run it up. I cannot see a reality where English, England win this comfortably. If England were to win this at all, it would be by one goal, maybe two goals maximum. I could see like if France really get going, get Mbappe in full flow, winning this one three-nil. But ultimately, I think this is going to be a very even game. Alex, what's what's your handicap for this? Yeah, I'm not sure I end up on this either. Um, I have some some 
prices on uh, Argentina to go further than France and on Brazil to go further than France in this tournament. I was really hoping that I would have cashed these. Maybe potentially by now, I thought maybe France <laughs> would finish second in their group and uh, and and face Argentina in that round of sixteen. And anyways, so I'm not feeling great about the Argentina one. Hopefully, Brazil can still uh, can still get that done for me. But I think that England have really struggled to generate chances um, with regularity which is a bit of a concern, but I cannot see any way I want to get involved on the under right now, just at the rate England is actually finishing when they do create half chance chances or half chances. Um, same thing with France, you know, with the form Mbappe is in right now, doesn't need that much of an opening to bag one. So uh, I, under would like potentially be a look that I could have had, but I just, I, I cannot actually see myself getting behind that. I just, yeah, I'm probably just going to sit back and watch this game too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Southgate and you know Deschamps, it's it's uh it's going to be interesting to see how they both approach this. I, I just I just don't love anything in this game right now. I think we've seen England take a little bit of money since this opened. Um, I, I'm not sure if this will will come back the other way, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just not I'm not ready to jump in head first right now. Um, it would be interesting to see the lineups as well. I uh, I just I think that France will ultimately have too much, but I hope that yeah, Adrian. I got one bet. If the situation comes up, I will bet England on the PKs. England, England on the PKs. PKs. What's that is the uh, reasoning behind that? Well, just the preparation that they they always put in behind the PKs, and it, and it's not Germany, right? So anytime they play, right. they get, <laughs> against somebody else, and it's not Germany. Well, hey, last World Cup was the first time England had ever won a penalty shootout at a World Cup, or maybe a major tournament at all in their history. They beat Colombia, but a big reason for that was the preparation that they put in because every player knew where they were going to be shooting. Eric Dyer knew that he was going to be shooting fifth. He was fully prepared to take it. Took a good penalty, won them that shootout. I also find this one difficult to handicap. France to advance, minus 135. England, plus 110. If, if I had to absolutely play something, I'd probably be on the England, plus 110 there. But this this is going to be such a good matchup between these teams. Like, there's... Just finding the weakness in the other team. England love building up through the left, bypassing midfield. It's worked, that worked well against Senegal. I'm wondering if France will try to take away outlets to Declan Rice. If they do, England, if they can be expansive, get it straight on to Foden or Bellingham, assuming they start. I think England will be unchanged. And then the left side for France, how Saka is going to fare against Hernandez, how Walker is going to fare against Mbappe, who I assume Walker will start for his pace in this one. And Maguire and Stones, question marks maybe about their full ability as defenders, especially Harry Maguire, who has looked better, I, I agreed, looked a little shaky on ball against Senegal up until England scored the first goal. But since this is a picture, I'm not going to tie you to a bet, but I, I would like each of you to predict the outcome of this match, who you think is going to go through it, if you, if you feel so inclined, uh, the method of that. So Adrian, I will go to you first. You said maybe England on penalties. Would that be your predicted method of victory here? Uh, France, any other way, England on penalties. So if it gets the penalties, it's England. Otherwise, it's France. Interesting stuff there. Maybe Southgate will have that in his back pocket and look to kind of soak up the pressure and get there. Alex, if you had to make a prediction here. I will uh, I will say 2-1 in extra time for France. Um, I just, I don't think England have really played anyone yet. And it's just, I'm not that they're, you know, not a battle-tested team in, in the past. But at this World Cup, we just haven't seen them face any top competition. So that makes me a bit wary. I think that's, uh, I think that's fair. Uh, I'm, I'm English, so I'm not going to say England are going to win. I don't want to curse them here. So, uh, if, if there was a must, must bet play, uh, France 
heartbreak England in that uh, extra time period as well. But I see this being a, a very cagey game and a very entertaining game. But with that, that is it for uh, from us today on Fine Margin. So four quarterfinals that we have done our best to get you ready for, and we have recapped today's game. Some interesting betting content, maybe not for the England and France game, but hey, we're soccer fans. We want to see soccer at its best, and we have the possibility to do so in this one as long as Southgate doesn't ruin ruin it with some horrible tactics here. We shall see. But, I mean, I guess in the World Cup, if you get over the line and you win, it doesn't really matter how you looked over the course of the game. Remember, guys, no games tomorrow and no games the day after tomorrow. So the next stream we will have is on Friday. After that Friday, we will have two games to talk about and two more quarterfinals to preview. So that's going to be a very, very good episode to tune into. But make sure you're following on Twitter to stay up to date with our scheduling. There's going to be some days off, but even on a day off, we might go live to preview a game for the next day. So follow at Find Margins on Twitter. Find Margins with two S's. Make sure you're also checking us out on the YouTube channel at find at the the fine margins youtube channel get involved with the comments as well to be able to do that we can interact in real time with you guys it's something that we very much like to do over here and keep it locked on the hammer betting network you want more sports betting content visit the board nba youtube channel and at the board nba on twitter we do nba betting content with myself hosting pips every pips nba every single weekday at 11 15 a.m eastern time so the board nba youtube channel for basketball but keep it locked with fine margins all throughout the World Cup and Betfred Sportsbook. Once again, thank you to them for sponsoring our World Cup content. Sign up to Betfred Sportsbook for all of your sports betting content needs, and we'll see you Friday for more for the World Cup.